Hi, and welcome back again to the Everyday Fitness and Wellbeing podcast. Today, I speak to Mark Freef, who's a dynamic yoga and movement pioneer based in Tunbridge Wells in the UK, where he and his wife run the Freestyle Yoga Project. We go back to how Mark started with teaching Ashtanga yoga before incorporating influences from wrestling, fencing, calisthenics, and from what I've observed, floor gymnastics, and even contemporary dance. Expect to hear some opinions that challenge your ideas about traditional yoga, or trad yoga for short, as Mark refers to it. We also talk about his time in Manhattan in the US and India, his influences from Israel, and even Bruce Lee. Plus the current and future plans of this new, evolving, hybrid, changing direction perhaps, for yoga, that is the Freestyle Yoga Project. Hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Hi, Mark. Glad you could do this. It's uh, what nearly a year since I joined one of your masterclasses and my first introduction to Freestyle, or is it the Freestyle Yoga Project? Yeah, the Freestyle Yoga Project. Yeah. So, what, what what's that about? What's that? Tell the listeners. Okay, well, I started out uh, with Ashtanga Vinyasa uh, in uh, 1995, and I spent more years uh, studying and teaching Ashtanga Vinyasa yoga than I have not, if you see what I mean. Okay. But when I got far enough down the line, I started to realize some of the anomalies in the system, that it wasn't as scientifically worked out as has been put forward. But then again, you could say that about any system, Iyengar, Kundalini, Drew, whatever it was, it's, gonna, it's not going to be perfectly scientifically worked out. So I was kind of curious. I started looking over the yoga fence, if you like, to see what was going on in other systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to find material that I, I just didn't even know existed. And that kind of excited me. But equally, further on down the line, uh, and this has more relevance to what we're doing here now, I started looking outside of yoga full stop. And it reminded me of my old martial arts days, my old wrestling days, my old um, uh, fencing days, in terms of wanting to put a load of things together uh, to kind of create, and this phrase isn't mine, uh, a bigger picture when it comes to um, health and fitness. And this started to frustrate me slightly because I was still in the process of teaching Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga, but almost in secret, I was uh, practicing something else. Right. Experimenting, you know? Um, and coincidentally, when I, uh, so I was going to New York City uh, once a year t- uh, for various other reasons, but I started to go to class there and I stumbled across, across a studio called the Cooley Yoga Project. Sorry, the Cooley Yoga? Cooler, K U L A. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yoga Project in Manhattan. And these guys were clearly ex vinyasa, uh, well, well uh, currently vinyasa, but perhaps you could tell there were ex-Ashtanga vinyasa uh, mm-hmm. practitioners and instructors, but they were doing something completely new and refreshing. They were playing, they were experimenting. And I, not that I needed permission at all, but I almost felt, oh, if these guys can do this, then I can do this back home. Right. And what I started to do, I took a year off running teacher training programs because prior to that, um, I'd been running Ashtanga Vinyasa teacher training programs. Mm-hmm. And I took a year out because so I thought, i got to work out exactly where I'm at. Um, and then I can restart my teacher training programs. And so that was the beginnings of, sorry. No, I was just going to say, what, what, when was roughly, what time frame are we looking at? I don't mean to interrupt, but. No, that's fine. Um, okay, so this must have been something like 10, 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, something around that. Yeah. And so you're impressed by these guys in New York, Manhattan, yeah. and so yeah. I interrupted you there. So then, what 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 kind of happened from then on? Well, basically, I then started to realise that I can do what hell I liked with <laughs> yoga, um, and um, basically that that was the beginnings of me not calling myself Mark Freeth teaching Ashtanga Vinyasa, but Mark Freeth doing what he wanted to do, and I was just casting around for a name and the, the name kept coming back to me freestyle that I just I was allowed to put in or take out whatever I wanted 
I also was impressed by the Cooler Yoga Project's name in that the word project meant that it was never going to end. It was yeah. always be continually evolving. Yeah. And so um, I put those two together and that was the, 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 the basis of the Freestyle Yoga Project. And it evolved even from there. Um, and when I came back to it after taking that year out of not running classes, but starting to introduce into these classes more of what I thought was uh, important, i.e. a little more strength work, a little more mobility work, a little more agility work. I mean, some people clearly didn't like it and took sure. more. That's fine. <laughs> I can imagine. But, <laughs> but it met the people who stuck with me just made me think, okay, well, this is speaking to somebody other than myself. Mm. And not long after all of this period, um, I was introduced to Edo Portal. So this was about, um, I mean, that took a few years, but about four or five years ago, I was introduced to Edo Portel. Somebody, in fact, you know, uh, Abby Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. She said, Mark, what you're talking about online is exactly what these guys do. You should check him out. I checked Edo Portal out, immediately booked onto a two-day X um, uh, workshop and was just blown away. And I realized the stuff, the material that was missing from trad yoga. And it, mm. was, it was stuff that resonated with me. And it brought into the mix gymnastics, martial arts, um, mm. dance, contemporary dance, for instance. And I just figured, okay, this is where I want to be. Sure. And at the time, my wife and I were just in the process of setting up our studio. And I suggested to her, look, you know, instead of our bottom rocker on our logo saying dynamic vinyasa yoga, what do you think about dynamic yoga and movement? And that's what really was a, a not exactly a big sea change, but it solidified exactly what we wanted to do here. We wanted to turn people into all-round superheroes rather than just being flexible. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I've got a lot of listeners that aren't from a yoga background. So Ido Portal, it, it, can you say in a couple of sentences who this person is? And yeah, where, and even spell the name, actually. Yeah, Ido, I-D-O, uh, Portal, P-O-R-T-A-L. Yeah. Um, he's from Israel, uh, mm. but he, he travels all over the world running these um, um, uh, camps and uh, workshops. Is as close, uh, I mean, at 34, 35, I think, he's as close I've, I've ever come to a proper superhero. Wow. He, he can do everything. There's nothing you can do uh, that he can't do. Um, but it totally blew me away um, in terms of, he, he really coined the, um, the, the, the name movement culture. So if you were to type that into the search engine, yes. a whole bunch of videos would come up that would just blow you away. Um, and a lot of the stuff that I was talking about in terms of um, putting lots of things into the uh, same pot, uh, he's master of this. He's uh, very much behind the idea of being a generalist rather than a specialist. So if you mm -hmm. can be a good rock climber, a good fencer, a good wrestler, a good yoga practitioner, a good this, that and the other, you're not necessarily a master of any of those things. But man, your skills are transferable. Yeah, yeah. Everything that came out of his mouth and all the skills that I picked up in those two days, I was just, I implemented almost immediately. Um, and that, that turned me on to a whole bunch of other people as well, like um, Tom Wexler and uh, Yuval Eyalan. Uh, in fact, those two guys are from Israel as well. There's something in the water, clearly. <laughs> but lots of other people who tend to fall into this very, very loose movement orientated um uh, you know not non-organization and i think that's the key movement you know it's all very well that we can reach up i'm never going to touch the ceiling my body just won't do that but if i keep moving that's the kind of thing that's gonna keep my joints healthy into old age um, and i want to wrestle my kids you know sure adults <laughs> but i've got to keep moving <laughs> for the listeners um I, i'm w just watching mark stretching up and moving around uh, rather <laughs> animated <laughs> but there's 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 a lot there that's fascinating and, and actually that's very much my re what really gets me excited about movement uh, with certainly with my background coming into yoga rather than um rather than being a yogi and then branching out. I was very much 
fitness based, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But okay. so, so so many points there. For one, the whole freestyle it just reminds me of breakdancing, to be honest with you. The uh, and and the whole <laughs> certainly with with Manhattan. But there's a the elephant in the room is it doesn't sound very much like yoga. you know martial arts fencing uh, uh, there must be some yogis out there frothing at the mouth and i've had my wrist slapped many many times by you know old people who you know old buddies who uh i thought you know don't you get this where they've said to me oh mark you're not doing yoga you're doing you're just a mere gymnast and actually I, i i when i when i got over the 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 thought that I'm sure that was meant as an insult. I was actually felt, oh, maybe that's a compliment. A mere gymnast. I'm not fit to eat at the table. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're just, you know, so to, to be a gymnast, you've got to have full control over your breath, focus, strength, flexibility, agility, all the kind of things that perhaps, perhaps the, the yoga practitioner might consider, well, that's my domain, breath and focus um but you can't be a gymnast you can't be uh an athlete without taking those things into consideration and in fact when i i used to i used to pride myself in in practicing ashtanga vinyasa yoga that i was not only flexible but i was strong and fit and generally agile but when i worked with ido i realized what I was lacking in many of those areas. Yes, I was flexible. And that's when trad yogis come into our studio. Yeah, I've been doing yoga for a long, long time. And they show it by, man, their forward fold is just, their back bend is, you know, out of this world. Yeah. But when it comes to holding a press position or when it comes to body weight conditioning, they're all over the place. And that's fine. But that's why they're coming to us because we're going to make them all rounders. And if that means that we're slightly out of the realms of what most people consider yoga, then so be it. I consider that, and we're not the only ones, I consider that we're within a group, small group of people and organizations at the spearhead of changing what it is to be fit, strong and healthy, and also what it is to practice yoga. Because I think track yoga could do with a bit of an overhaul. <laughs> I think uh, what, what, from what you've said there, you could interpret what you're doing as a hybrid, a yoga hybrid. Uh, you say spearheading, um, and it's all movement based. Um, sure. Ironically, similar. I've noticed similar has been going on with the fitness industry, and and you can cast your mind back to um, say, oh, we've paused. Give me one second. Okay, so we're back. Probably had a little cut out there. What I was saying, Mark, the fitness industry, back in the day, I mean, way back uh, in the days of bodybuilding and being all pumped up, that got got rejected. Now I'm seeing, uh, I'm back on the gym, working on the gym floor. I've been all over different areas of of, uh, fitness, the fitness industry, etc. But uh, lately I've been on the gym floor and witnessing younger generation really embracing lifting weights and uh, admittedly the functional movement patterns was, mm. were coming in fashion about eight to ten years ago yeah. the, the the beginning of crossfit and using olympic yeah. lifting that sort of thing so and and certainly for the females being a strong female that lifts weights yeah. Is, is more in vogue than what their mums used to do with aerobics and etc yeah. uh, etc et so mm-hmm. there are changes in with movement with sport with fitness i and therefore yoga can't be left alone i'd imagine this i agree and actually it fits in quite well with yoga's uh, history and tradition anyway because if you were to track the history of yoga it isn't just a straight line from you know um, uh, the, the beginnings of yoga then a straight line up through to where it is now it, it's like a weaving going back and forth uh, taking lots of different routes trying something out something falls by the wayside just like evolution itself and ends up to where we and it still hasn't finished and i think what gets in the way often um, and what can actually put a lot of people off walking into their very first yoga class is they perhaps feel that they've got to buy into something some kind of belief system and this is 
it's it's understandable but basically it's the fault of the the beginnings of yoga actually were hindu based and that's perfectly fine if you want to kind of pursue that route but it doesn't have to be that way either you could just do yoga to make yourself fit and strong and it has a, a mental uh, uh, knock on effect anyway sure. but um, what we found is that we wanted to just make it as accessible as I mean also uh, I'm a card carrying atheist in fact I would go so far as to say I'm a militant atheist <laughs> or, and the thing is I when I started yoga I actually bought into everything hook line and sinker right. so I know Sanskrit I know my ideology I know the philosophy behind it and then I started to feel uncomfortable and I wondered why and it was because when I really tore apart all the um, philosophy it did boil down to originating I'm not saying it stayed there but originating in in uh, a Hindu philosophy so I had to put that aside and then later we had to put the Sanskrit aside because we wanted to get the information over really quickly we wanted to be really simple and we wanted it to be inclusive rather than exclusive after all in a class i don't even know but i'm sure we've got a christian over there a muslim over here a jew here so i don't want to be at the front of the class um sprouting any kind of ideology other than man do this because you can <laughs> try you can feel great you know that's all we're interested i'm going to make you strong and fit and flexible uh, there's a there's a lot there the the traditionalists and and i i followed a similar path training in fact with with abby hoffman um and barbara i struggled with a lot of the philosophy and it wasn't until i finished my teacher training that i could appreciate that look some people yes they want to move their body but they also want to they want to escape perhaps the secular uh, the capitalists, the, the 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 mantra of being continually switched on and plugged in, and maybe they're just looking for something that that escapism, possibly, or just an alternative that can just slow things down. Uh, perhaps I know I'm. I'm I, what do you think to those perhaps still making the argue that that argument or there's room for everybody as well? Oh, absolutely. I was going to say, you know, it's certainly we're very we're certainly not prescriptive here. We're you know when we run our teach training programs, uh, we you know we we don't have a philosophy section or an ideology or historical section. We don't have a, nobody writes essays. We refer to a, a, a reading list, but we don't get people studying them. That's all on there watch on our watch we're turning out absolutely rock solid spit and sawdust teachers who can hold a class in the palm of their hand however um the the, the, the these other subjects these peripheral subjects actually do crop up and we we deal with them in an organic way um but we're often pointing out that look you know if you want to know the sanskrit we can put you on the road to it i you know i was taught sanskrit by a sanskrit scholar richard freeman i know my stuff but it's you know, it's not a second language class. This is a, a, a dynamic yoga movement class. And so we can point people in the right direction. But if they want to pursue that, then as I say, it's on their time. We want, you know, it's our firm belief that there are so many teachers out there and most of them are pretty average. A lot of them are bad and some of them are very, very good. And uh, often teacher training programs focus a little too much on the theory and the ideology and the philosophy rather than can you actually run a class you know so um mm, yeah this, this is the kind of, and so we're, we're starting to attract a lot of interesting people to our teacher trainings in terms of they're coming from in fact a lot of coming from similar backgrounds to yourself a lot of pts who are not just looking to add yoga into their belt which i think there have been a lot of teacher training programs in the past where you can go for a weekend uh, teacher training <laughs> program and, and then you've got your piece of paper. Yeah. But we are looking for, we, we are attracting people who want to be an all round, when I say fitness instructor, fitness, health, mobility, strength, flexibility instructor. Yeah. So they come across us because we're fairly out of the norm, you know, we're losing our yoga friends left, right, and center, but we're gaining some very very smart um open-minded people who are a little less concerned with the dogma and more concerned with 
you know, uh, are you going to be able to wrestle your 19-year-old son later on when you're 90? I know I will. I know I win. Yeah. (laughs) Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Talking of, uh, let's go off track very, very briefly. Um, Someone did, I I quizzed a few folk on social media about some questions for you leading up to this. And someone... um, forget his name I, I apologies but i will find his name he, he's, he posted me the link to the bbc short clip of the 98 year old i don't know if you've seen it she's uh, yes yes she's, I a, have, yeah. she's she's a 98 year old and still and you see on the video i'll make sure i forward it to you as well uh, just in case um her forward bends and um just incredible just incredible she's been since you know since a child obviously yeah. and continued and and you also see her grandchildren still doing it mm. so later later life um yoga that your style of yoga that you're doing the freestyle yoga project yes <laughs> excuse <laughs> me <laughs> is for everybody not just for yeah i think yeah, absolutely i mean for all our um emphasis on strength stamina uh, agility um, we we absolutely understand uh, the need for flexibility, and also it's not like every class we're doing we're jumping around. I mean, often you know we'll I'll, I'll look around because we always teach you who's in front of us. So yeah. I'll look around the class and I think, can I get away with this? Yeah, okay. Everybody ditch your mats, and we'll do locomotion work, and we'll jump, and we'll crawl, and we'll uh, leap, and get onto the hanging bars, and use poles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we also know that some people want to come to class and do something a little slower, a little, a little more, uh, with a little more emphasis on stretching. And so we've got classes called Mellow Yellow that you know hit those people too. So it's not like we're trying to turn everybody who walks into our studio into what we are. You know, and and when I say we, it's not just me. It's a co-run by my wife Anna and I. And Anna, who's, I mean, I'm not a tall guy, but she's a little shorter than me, and she's quite petite, but man, she'll wrestle you to the ground. <laughs> Trust me. You, you, so it's, as you mentioned about, you know, uh, modern females wanting to be strong as well as, um, you know, uh, they want to be everything that the, the guys are, and the guys want to be everything that the girls are. I think that it's not a sappy thing to say, let's find this middle path between uh, soft and strong and, and uh, flexibility and strength. It's a smart thing to do. So we, uh, what we do here is for everybody, but we do ask people to step up to the plate because mm-hmm. we find that if we challenge people in a positive way and we ask them to challenge themselves, that's when things change. That's when things happen. Um, and, um, you know, so when we, when Anna runs a beautiful hour and a half mellow session on a Wednesday evening, you know, everybody's super chilled out and goes back home and, you know, has a great night's sleep. And then they come back into class the next day and we do some jumping around. Right. So they're getting the best of both worlds. Right. So to put some context and geography on this, bear with me. Yep. You're leading these classes in Tun- Tunbridge Wells southeast of england on the south coast you've had some background and influence as you say from the states from manhattan i guess hopefully i've got some worldwide listeners to this i can only hope and that being the case are we talking really from a western perspective about our yoga here aren't we or and and so what do you feel about the the origins and the like you said, you know your Sanskrit, but uh, the differences. Do you feel that Western yoga is 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 just evolving continually, and and there's traditionalists who still want to hold on and visit India to, to almost like as a badge of honor to authenticate their yoga, so to speak. Uh, yeah. what, what are your views there, or your thoughts there? Yeah, I uh, you know, and obviously we can only generalize with this kind of stuff. But your last comments are really spot on where people I think feel that, um, you know, uh, I'm exaggerating here where somebody will walk into the studio and oh yeah, I'm a teacher, I've done my teacher training. Oh great, where did you do your teacher training? Oh, you know, I did it in India. And okay, and and who did you do it with? Um, I can't quite remember his name, but you know, it it was in India, you know, as if, and I know a lot of people who've done their teacher training in India just because 
Uh, they didn't know who they were going out there to do it with, and they've come back and they've not been very good teachers or even good practitioners. So this thing about when I we taught a, a retreat in India a few years back, and I was interviewed out there, and the first thing was the first uh, question was, how does it feel to be in the cradle of yoga? Wow. And, and uh, well, India's a, India's a really pretty place, um, but. The cradle of yoga, I just, um, maybe, I see what you mean, the beginnings of yoga, but I learned more about yoga in America than I did uh, in England or anywhere else. Wow. Now, um, and that was because the, when I, my, my experiences of, of, of um, going to yoga classes in America, I was encouraged, I was welcomed with, maybe this is a lot to do with the American approach to life, you know, that, that, you could do anything here. If you've got an sure. idea, you can just get up and do it, you know? Mm. Um, and I, I, I honestly believe that um, I don't even talk in terms of East and West. You know, I'm very much a globalist. When I look at the picture of the planet, I don't see North, South, East, West. I just see this spinning globe. Mm. And so I don't think there's anything different from me here to somebody over the other side of the planet. Mm. But when it comes to um, what if we are going to talk east and west that it, what what europe and america have done to yoga they've done fantastic things i think if it wasn't for uh, especially america but europe as well then yoga would be a very very marginal uh, pursuit um okay, okay. And, and certainly you know there are traditional uh, practitioners and instructors that have had their influence as well. You know, um, uh, Krishnamacharya, uh, Iyengar, um, uh, definitely changed the face of yoga and, and, and included, especially Krishnamacharya, he was a very, very smart man. You know, when he was teaching in the Mysore Palace in the 20s, his, his traditional Hatha Yoga um, class wasn't doing very well. This is maybe an apocryphal story, but I like it. Uh, but the gymnastics class being run by some sergeant major down the hall was rammed. I've heard this. I have. Yeah, so we started in introducing gymnastic elements into why not, you yeah. know, and especially given the time when Indian nationalism, they were trying to put themselves forward as being strong because they wanted to take back their country. Okay, we're back. Just a technical issue there. So, Mark, I was trying to get across the eastern values that yeah sure it's a worldwide audience and we've talked about western approach and interpretation of this ancient uh, or perhaps not so ancient given what uh, you've said about the turn of the century and influences from you know the british army and i've also heard um, scandinavian influences as well yeah. and and gymnastics it's all in there but yeah. e eastern values and which it took me a while to appreciate. At first I was resistant, but I soon began to see that, okay, it's not just stretching, you know, it's, there's, there's a little bit more to it. And a lot of people are turning up to a class for some of that. And, and how, do you, how do you feel about all of that? Okay, well, uh, I can totally, uh, totally understand why people uh, might think that they're gonna walk into a yoga class and, and uh, they'll get a little more extra out of um, beyond stretching, beyond a bit of uh, body work. But actually, then I think we're coming down to we're coming down to personal beliefs and personal philosophies, and also ethics. You know, I, I, I like you. Uh, initially, I, I was um, actually slightly the other way around. I bought into everything hook, line, and sinker because I didn't know what I was buying into when I first got into yoga. So I just thought, oh, I'll take it all. Then I started to kind of think, oh, some of it includes that, some of it includes, no, I can't do that. Many years down the line, I thought, was I right in doing that? Let me let me just double check. So I reread all the texts. Good. Back to studying and thinking, maybe I missed something. And then I realized, actually, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't miss a damn thing. Um, and, and basically, I'd already got my ethics sorted out by the time I was that age. You know, I, um, I, I feel I'm a righteous person. Uh, um, I don't need a set of moral codes from whatever religious belief or even non-religious belief. You know, I know not to harm somebody. I'm, I know not to kill somebody. I know not to steal from somebody. I know not to da-da-da. And when you look at the, um, the 
are the codes of various uh, religious beliefs, they're all essentially the same. They've all got a number one to ten or whatever it is. And so when somebody... I understand that when somebody walks into one of our classes, they're thinking there might be a little of that. Uh, we're not at pains to point out uh, there's none of that here because you know what? That's your bag. You know, you, whatever you believe or don't believe is entirely your bag. We're just going to be working on the body and actually the mind as well. We don't separate the two. Actually, I wouldn't really use the term mind. I would rather use brain because mind like soul is a bit of a, you know, you can't actually touch it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but nevertheless, if, if people want to look down to the path towards something that's going to benefit big inverted commas their soul then it other than feeling great when you walk into our or walk out of our studio then you know that that's your bag so i get why people want to buy into some of that stuff if they're feeling a little you know i don't know which way to go in my life and i need some guidance i understand that certain yoga classes can actually provide that but that's not why i do it and it's not why our students come here uh, and if we were doing something wrong I guess we wouldn't have lasted as long as we um, have we've turned many many corners and we're, we're doing quite well so and people are walking away with big smiles on their faces so I think we're doing something right well I have to I have to uh, agree about that class I walked into that was um, packed and yeah you even had a, a really good soundtrack <laughs> in the background. So important to us. <laughs> Thank you. And um, which is my n nice segue into uh, me stalking you on LinkedIn last night. And <laughs> I see that you were from the music industry. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know whether you want to remember that, but uh, and I only mentioned that because I also um, here's here's me name checking. I met Goldie at the Om Yoga Show um, 2016. Apart from DJing in the masterclass itself, yeah. he he gave a, a very small keynote and um, he was very open. And you can go on YouTube and you'll see his his Yo Gangster brand and how he found yoga. Which led me to wonder whether I even put it on Twitter actually. Whether sure, yeah. <laughs> about creative types are they? I mean, you've been teaching yoga a long time. Other than people walking into the studio saying I've got a bad back, my doctor says that uh, I mustn't do anything too strenuous. Does your do creative types gravitate? You know, is that something that led you to gravitate towards yoga? I, I could be way off the mark here, but no, I know exactly what you mean, and I think they possibly can because I think people who the kind of person who's going to walk into a yoga class is probably a little more open-minded in terms of where, where they want to get their exercise and what they want to get from their exercise. So they're thinking, well, maybe I can get something a little extra or something a little different in a yoga class than just going to the gym but so if they are a little more open-minded that also might include the creative types and i've met many many people down the line who just like myself came from a you know uh you know an unhealthy partying lifestyle sure. uh, who then would just wanted to turn it around get fit get healthy and um, interestingly, I don't think I've ever come across anybody who's, where it's the other way around, where they've come from a really pure, uh, healthy yoga lifestyle, then turn into a rock and roll animal. I don't think I've ever um. come across. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some out there. We should, we should find out. But anyway, that, that it wasn't, when, um, I certainly, you know, it wasn't long before, um, before yoga that I gave up my, uh, let, let's say, oh, well, I'll, I'll be honest with this, my, my druggy days, you know, um, I, I, and I feel that I continued those way beyond the time that I should have stopped because I was still in the music industry at 35, uh, in fact, up until 2000 in, uh, when I was just about to hit 40. I spent five years studying yoga and I just stumbled across Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga when my uh, then wife, who's an acupuncturist, took me along to a mind-body-spirit show and I saw this thing being demonstrated by the late Derek Island uh, and Derek became my first teacher along with his then partner, Radha. And I didn't even know what I was looking at. It looked like a mix between gymnastics and 
martial arts and ballet. But when I looked, I didn't even know what the word Ashtanga Vinyasa meant. I just saw yoga and I thought, well, whatever that is, I want to do it. I came from a background of uh, Laogar Kung Fu and Greco-Roman wrestling. So there was something there was something physical about it that spoke to me. And so it almost immediately I gave up my, you know, parting um, activities and just boom, did this thing, you know, absolutely going to class uh, four or five times a week in between that, practicing at home. So it was a big, big turning point. And five years later, I started teaching. So, um, however, in response to your um, uh, tweet that I saw earlier, <laughs> interestingly, I also have come across some of the most dogmatic and close-minded people in yoga uh, anywhere. Um, but I think it's changed again. I think going back to the whole movement culture thing, there are a lot more open-minded people about health and fitness these days. Like you were talking about earlier, some people who are coming from trad fitness backgrounds are wising up and realizing, you know, if I just keep lifting heavy weights, I'm going to root, I'm going to wreck my body. I've got to keep moving. I've got to keep mobile. And part of that equation is yoga as well. Sure. Sure. I, I, I did meet up with some forward thinking crossfitters um, when I was living in Norwich, Paul uh, and, and his partner. Nearly two years ago, they sought me out and said, look, you know, the guys, they need to be able to control their breathing. Sure. And, you know, their upper backs you need to keep the mobility in their backs, etc. Yes. But we don't need too much fairy dust so to speak so uh, so and and uh, and that was really rewarding i found it really rewarding trying to and a bit of a challenge because the the culture of well the culture of crossfit is very much polar opposite at times <laughs> to yeah. yoga okay just a few more questions mark um sure. you've mentioned martial arts what mm -hmm. did you say greco roman Wrestling. Roman wrestling. So the kind of wrestling that you'll see at the Olympics. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, in hot pants and um, well, the tight. I, I actually unitard. <laughs> unitard. Yeah. Pants. What kind of wrestling do you watch? <laughs> <laughs> do you still do that, or do you do what? What else do you do apart from yoga? Well, the, the, the thing is, I, I, it's that's a, often. I'm often asked that, what else do you do to, uh, to keep yourself fit and healthy? What else do you do apart from yoga? I, I don't separate it anymore. Yeah. I used to. Sure. I used to just, this is my yoga session that I did. And actually, I, I always felt that I didn't need to do anything more. Mm. So I, just on occasion, I might go for a bike ride, but, you know, I'm a very fair weather bike rider. But nowadays, when, you know, when we finish that conversation, I shall go into our studio and uh, I shall train for a couple of hours and it will include everything. And that's what I do every day. So I'll, I'll roll, I'll jump, I'll hang, I'll pull up, I'll use uh, gymnastic rings, I'll use poles, I'll do lots of stretching, but most of all, I do locomotion work. Wow. So I'm at one end of the room and I'll crawl, you know, like an animal to the other end and do lots of things. If I've got somebody else in class, whether it be a student or a, a buddy, then we'll grapple. So that that's mm -hmm. a, a not, a, nod back to my wrestling days even though sure. there hasn't been a solid progression i started to including that kind of stuff after i studied with a lot of the people that i was talking about earlier edo okay. uh, etc where and in fact in evening contemporary dance there's a, a similar what do they call it contact improvisation i think oh. where you know there's there's two people working uh with each other and then keeping in contact but it's very very fluid it's very gentle mm. and it reminds me in some respects of my old Laogar Kung Fu days wow. and so I do everything I am in Edo's terms a generalist certainly nowhere near the the kind of quality that uh, Edo displays but man such a big influence and such a game changer when it comes to as I said earlier um uh, just the way you approach, how you use your body. Okay, we're back. Uh, so, Mark, I was just asking, and I felt, as I just said, I felt silly asking what else you do fitness-wise. And I say I felt silly because I realised that all the movement patterns that you were talking about, you can generate a bit of a cardio workout, I'm sure, 
through some of those movements. Absolutely, absolutely, and certainly getting the heart rate pound. You know, it's like I, I think it's it's difficult to do in a trad yoga uh, setting to get the heart rate up, and also um, you know, but then metering through the breath. Obviously, I get that we don't want to be out of breath and unable to recover. But um, you know, when I train in there, the locomotion work especially uh, definitely um, takes care of that. Sometimes, you know, I'll take the kids out into the forest and we'll run, jump, hurdle, climb, uh, wrestle, you know. Um, so, and I actually consider that part of that my training too. I'm trying to make it interesting for the kids. And, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that they get something out of it too. But equally, I think it's important. So it just, it doesn't all take place in the studio. And occasionally I'll go for a bike ride and um, a bit of grappling with the kids, as I say. But I consider all of that is training. And actually, talking about training, I consider that training is also uh, being online. As long as when you come across something online, you and it inspires you, you do something with it. You don't just put your feet up, crack open a beer, and think, oh, that's great, I'd love to be you. Oh, awesome. That you actually go, man, that's great. I'll run into the studio, try it out. If it floats, then I'll keep it and include it and maybe even teach it. If it doesn't quite work, then it gets discarded. You know, our uh, favourite Bruce Lee quote, I'm, I don't want to paraphrase, is absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. And that speaks volumes to us so that we can keep learning and we're always students. You know, we're never, yes, we're instructors and yes, we're teaching other people, but we're constantly learning and picking up new material either from people that we find online or even our students who will look at something, maybe even get something in inverted commas wrong and show something different and we'll go, wow, never even considered that you could do that. Let me try that. And it becomes a two-way street then, which Mm. is... It's nice. So we're, we're picking up new material, new information all the time. Okay. So, Mark, daily habits, daily routines, obviously regularly practicing your yoga or mm. yoga stroke movement. I feel that yeah. uh, that's rather more appropriate. Uh, yes. Thank uh, and, you. I, and I'm going to have <laughs> I'm going to have to get across to Tunbridge Wells actually. I will be. Yeah, please uh, do. I've I've said it now. Yeah, so routines, you know, nutrition, what in a, in a nutshell, what are the daily habits okay. that you maintain, yeah. live by? In a nutshell, you know, we get up, we take the kids to school, uh, we have breakfast and coffee, uh, then we teach. Uh, and there are a couple of classes in the day, uh, and there's admin in between. And personally, and, you know, Anna's routine is slightly different. Personally, after lunch and after I've digested, that's when I go to, uh, that's when I train. And we're talking anything between an hour and two stroke three hours. Uh, but that's every day. And we're lucky in that we've got the facility to do that. We've got the luxury of our studio. So we can do that. And then I'll teach her an evening class uh, a couple of hours later. Um, so that, that happens every single day. It's just part of the daily routine. Um, and in terms of nutrition, you know, we're not, we're not um, hard and fast about, well, I'm hard and fast about being vegetarian, uh, but that's just an ethical thing for me. Um, but we, you know, we enjoy a glass of red wine. Uh, I enjoy a tub of ice cream. I've got a very, <laughs> not, not all in one go, maybe. I've got a sweet tooth, but we don't, you know, we, we don't go to extremes. I've tried uh, being vegan, it really speaks to me. But man, is it hard work? And I know awesome athletes, people like Frank Madrano, man, 100% vegan, and one of the strongest, phenomenal movers on the planet. So it doesn't have to be the case that you have to be a meat eater to be strong. Absolutely not. But going down that route wasn't quite for me. So I allow myself some cheese. Um, uh, I'm not a milk drinker, um, but I eat eggs as well. Okay, so you're regularly active. You've got a, a consistency to your routine. Sure. Okie dokie. Oh, and be- before we go, last last couple of questions. Uh, mm-hmm. You, I noticed that you're doing plenty of online content now, and it seems to be the way that 
a lot of people are consuming their media, perhaps with um, six seconds <laughs> attention spans, but that's another <laughs> story. But you're, you're doing you're doing online courses, and how how does that work? I mean, I'm, you know, I'll have a look myself. But yeah, uh, sure. What but what can people expect? It takes two paths, really. We've got instructional videos, which are very, very high quality and very carefully made, and they're sequential, where people can buy either a box set, as it were, yeah. or individual sequences, and there are more to come. Or if somebody you know, in California loves the idea of what we do, but there's just no way they're going to get to a class workshop or teach training, well, teach training is slightly different, um, then we'll do online coaching. They'll tell us what they want. We'll provide, um, you know... Uh, videos of drills that they've got to achieve and, and try out for the week. They come back with their own version. We'll critique them, and then once they've got that down, we'll give them another set of drills, etc., etc. In terms of teacher training, that's we, we never go into the realms of running online teacher training. People have got to be in the room with us, and that's our preference when it comes to one-to-one -one tuition. Sure. But we've never seen ourselves as just. FYPTW. We want to have at some point FYP NYC and FYP Austin, Texas. Sure. You know, that's our big plan. But until that point, if somebody in Austin wants to tap into what we do, then our online services are, are for them. Okay. Okay. I have to admit, I've taken a, last six months started to do more FaceTime one-to-one -one personal training sessions but okay. with clients that I've worked with before that I understand their movements and okay maybe that it's just encouragement as sure. such but it's live I can see you, you can see you know movement patterns and you can see when someone's perhaps even though it may be on a small screen you can see where there's adjustments to be made um, so there, there's not gross complex movements, but just enough to perhaps motivate. And certainly if the the individual knows what they're doing. So I, I, I do foresee it as it's, it's going to be the norm, really. But, uh, but Absolutely. Certainly... You guys, I say you guys, I think um, people from a, a more fitness orientated background probably caught on to this a little earlier than... Uh, people who came from a more yoga uh, orientated background although certainly you know there have been lo loads of yoga instructors that have gone down this, this route but I think we all have to embrace this uh, with the technology that's available you know um, we we put up a daily um, you know Instagram Twitter uh, Facebook minute long video which are not meant to be instructional they're just meant to be inspirational the idea is, is, is like we, if everybody else is doing it, then we have to make our presence felt as well. And if it draws, you know, a couple of extra people into the studio and, you know, a couple of extra people joining our teacher training program, then it's job done. There are tons of stuff, as you know, online that, that are great, but equally there's some stuff up there that we should avoid <laughs> as, as, as much as we can. But, you know, that's just the way of, the internet we we can't we can't police or control that let's go back to basics mark to finish off sure. what advice would you give to someone looking to try yoga mm. in general yeah for the first time sure and secondly what tips or advice i know it's a two-part question but what tips or advice would you give someone who practices regularly already mm. so it's the beginner what yep. you're going to tell them, and then for someone who's a, a wants to call himself a regular yogi. Sure. Okay. In terms of the beginner, I, I feel sorry. Actually, I think it's a really hard job to try and find the right kind of yoga class because there are so many out there, so many instructors, so many styles, and all we can say is just try a whole different array of teachers and, and uh, styles and even the people who come to see us we say to them so glad that you come to our studio you know um, and please keep coming but equally go and check out some other people too um, because you just never know who you're going to click with you might find a style that you like but the instructor doesn't click with you uh, resonate with you so just try a whole heap and you'll find a, a style and then an instructor or, or both at the same time that will click with you I think that's all we can do and it might take a while but um, you know it when it happens you know when you've just five ten minutes into a class and you think 
man, this this is just great. And that instructor, I'll just, I'll do anything she says, you know? <laughs> so um, I, that's all we can do is just try a lot of different styles before you commit to studying one particular thing. Yeah, that's and very I, fair, the, very fair. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I think, and it's pretty simple really, but um, in terms of the experienced regular practitioner, okay, uh, you know, to me, there's no getting away from consistent practice. Um, in our experience, uh, it's it's two or three more sessions per week, and by a session I'm talking about minimum of an hour, uh, that brings on the changes. Um, once a week is better than no times a week, but what tends to happen is your body will go back to its default setting after that high of doing an hour or an hour and a half class. You go back to your default setting, then you kick it off again next week, same, same. So it has to be a consistent practice or training session throughout the week. But in our personal opinion, it's not enough to go to a, and I am generalizing, a, a soft, gentle, happy practice. Oh, we've got another call coming in. Okay, and we're back. We were just, okay. You were just about to say that something about going to a, a, a soft, it's no good just to go to... Personally speaking, I right. think in, in this day and age, it depends what you want, of course. I mean, but if you, if, if somebody wants, you know, general health, fitness, strength, agility, flexibility, there's got to be a little more than just going to a static yoga stretching class. Um, to me, mobility and flexibility comes from movement rather than a, a static uh, seated uh, pose where I'm just grabbing my foot and pulling myself over. Uh, yes, we, we understand the benefits of a static uh, stretch, but something more has to be added. And so that's why we ask, we do, we do so much body weight conditioning here um, that we include uh, so much calisthenics work, old school calisthenics work. Mm. So in terms of, a, in terms of a, um, if, it was, if we were just pinning it down to yoga, I think it would have to be some kind of, inverted commas, vinyasa flow class to get more of a, I'm using the word advisedly, workout. Mm. However, if somebody just wanted to address their flexibility, then they could get some way towards that by going to a, a, a gentle general hatha class mm. but that wouldn't tick all the boxes for me but okay. you know that is our personal approach so we mm. honestly think that we've got to just spread our wings in terms of the material that we take on and what we ask our body to do uh, and that might again <laughs> include uh, necessitate trying out different instructors and different um different classes fair play yeah i'd, I'd agree i agree so finally what's on the horizon for you and FYP, and how can people get involved? Well, basically, uh, you know, they can find all the details on our uh, website, freestyleyogaproject.com. Um, we're doing uh, retreats all over the world. We do workshops up and down the country. Uh, so if anybody wants to host us in their neck of the woods, get in touch. We've talked about the online thing. Um, teacher training, uh, we've got our foundation, 200-hour teacher training. But we also launch at the end of this year our advanced 300-hour teach training for existing talented instructors. We've got two uh, floors in this building. Um, there's a possibility we're taking on another floor. So it's all going in the right direction. Wow. Um, baby steps. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mark Freef of Freestyle Yoga Project, thank you very much for taking the time out today for, to do this. Um, there's a lot there that I'll... Uh, be replaying myself and listening to while I go for a jog or perhaps even throughout my own practice if the, yeah. if the headphones will stay in. Um, thanks again. All the best. Thank you, Sean. Pleasure talking to you.